Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pulled it frantically out of the wall. It came more easily than I could have expected. I rushed across the room, bearing it with me, but as I rushed, the accident of my position put me upon the outer side. Had it been the other way... I might have come off scathless. As it was, there was a moment's pause as I stopped it, and tried to pass in through the opening which I had left. That moment was enough to give time to the creature to toss off the coat with which I had blinded him, and to spring upon me. I hurled myself through the gap, and pulled the rails too behind me, but he seized my leg before I could entirely withdraw it. One stroke of that huge paw tore off my calf as a shaving of wood curls off before a plane. The next morning, bleeding and fainting, I was lying among the foul straw with a line of friendly bars between me and the creature which ramped so frantically against them. Too wounded to move and too faint to be conscious of fear, I could only lie more dead than alive and watch it. It pressed its broad black chest against the bars, and angled for me with its crooked paws as I have seen a kitten do before a mouse-trap. It ripped my clothes, but, stretch as it would, it could not quite reach me. I have heard of the curious numbing effect produced by wounds from the great carnivora, and now I was destined to experience it, for I had lost all sense of personality and was as interested in the cat's failure or success as if it were some game which I was watching. And then, gradually, my mind drifted away into strange, vague dreams, always with that black face and red tongue coming back into them, and so I lost myself in the nirvana of delirium, the blessed relief of those who are too sorely tried. Tracing the course of events afterwards, I conclude I must have been insensible for about two hours. What roused me to consciousness once more was the sharp metallic click which had been the precursor of my terrible experience. It was the shooting back of the spring lock. Then, before my senses were clear enough to entirely apprehend what they saw, I was aware of the round, benevolent face of my cousin peering in through the open door. What he saw evidently amazed him. There was the cat crouching on the floor. I was stretched upon my back in my shirt-sleeves within the cage, my trousers torn to ribbons, and a great pool of blood all round me. I can see his amazed face now, with the morning sunlight upon it. He peered at me, and peered again. Then he closed the door behind him, 
and advanced to the cage to see if I were really dead. I cannot undertake to say what happened. I was not in a fit state to witness or to chronicle such events. I can only say that I was suddenly conscious that his face was away from me, that he was looking towards the animal. "'Good old Tommy!' he cried. "'Good old Tommy!' Then he came near the bars, with his back still towards me. "'Down, you stupid beast!' he roared. "'Down, sir! Don't you know your master?' Suddenly, even in my bemuddled brain, a remembrance came of those words of his when he'd said that the taste of blood would turn the cat into a fiend. My blood had done it, but he was to pay the price. "'Get away!' he screamed. "'Get away, you devil! Baldwin! Baldwin! Oh, my God!' And then I heard him fall, and rise, and fall again, with a sound like the ripping of sacking. His screams grew fainter until they were lost in the worrying snarl. And then, after I thought he was dead, I saw, as in a nightmare, a blinded, tattered, blood-soaked figure running wildly round the room, and that was the last glimpse which I had of him before I fainted once again. I was many months in my recovery. In fact, I cannot say that I have ever recovered, for to the end of my days I shall carry a stick, as a sign of my night with the Brazilian cat. Baldwin, the groom, and the other servants could not tell what had occurred when, drawn by the death-cries of their master, they found me behind the bars and his remains, or what they afterwards discovered to be his remains, in the clutch of the creature which he had reared. They stalled him off with hot irons, and afterwards shot him through the loophole of the door, before they could finally extricate me. I was carried to my bedroom, and there, under the roof of my would-be murderer, I remained between life and death for several weeks. They had sent for a surgeon from Clipton, and a nurse from London, and in a month I was able to be carried to the station, and so conveyed back once more to Grosvenor Mansions. I have one remembrance of that illness which might have been part of the ever-changing panorama conjured up by a delirious brain, were it not so definitely fixed in my memory. One night, when the nurse was absent, the door of my chamber opened, and a tall woman in blackest mourning slipped into my room. She came across to me, and as she bent her sallow face I saw, by the faint gleam of the night-light, that it was the Brazilian woman whom my cousin had married. She stared intently into my face, and her expression was more kindly than I had ever seen it. "'Are you conscious?' she asked. I feebly nodded, for I was still very weak. "'Well, then, I only wish to say to you that you have yourself to blame. Did I not do all I could for you? From the beginning I tried to drive you from the house. By every means, short of betraying my husband, I tried to save you from him. I knew he had a reason for bringing you here. I knew that he would never let you get away again. No one knew him as I knew him, who had suffered from him so often. I did not dare to tell you all this. He would have killed me. But I did my best for you. As things have turned out, you have been the best friend that I have ever had. You have set me free, and I fancied that nothing but death would do that. I am sorry if you are hurt, but I cannot reproach myself. I told you you were a fool, and a fool you have been." She crept out of the room, the bitter, singular woman, and I was never destined to see her again. 
With what remained of her husband's property she went back to her native land, and I have heard that she afterwards took the veil at Pernambuco. It was not until I had been back in London for some time that the doctors pronounced me well enough to do business. It was not a very welcome permission for me, for I feared that it would be the signal for an inrush of creditors, but it was Summers, my lawyer, who first took advantage of it. "'I am very glad to see that your lordship is so much better,' said he. "'I have been waiting a long time to offer my congratulations. "'What do you mean, Summers? This is no time for joking.' "'I mean what I say,' he answered. "'You have been Lord Southerton for the last six weeks, "'but we feared that it would retard your recovery if you were to learn it.' "'Lord Southerton! One of the richest peers in England! "'I couldn't believe my ears!' and then suddenly I thought of the time which had elapsed, and how it coincided with my injuries. Then Lord Southerton must have died about the same time that I was hurt? His death occurred upon that very day. Summers looked hard at me as I spoke, and I am convinced, for he was a very shrewd fellow, that he had guessed the true state of the case. He paused for a moment, as if awaiting a confidence from me, but I could not see what was to be gained by exposing such a family scandal. "'Yes, a very curious coincidence,' he continued, with the same knowing look. "'Of course, you are aware that your cousin, Everard King, was the next heir to the estates. Now, if it had been you, instead of him, who had been torn to pieces by this tiger, or whatever it was, then, of course, he would have been Lord Southerton.' at the present moment. "'No doubt,' said I. "'And he took such an interest in it,' said Summers. "'I happen to know that the late Lord Southerton's valet was in his pay, and that he used to have telegrams from him every few hours to tell him how he was getting on. That would be about the time when you were down there. Was it not strange that he should wish to be so well informed, since he knew that he was not the direct heir?' "'Very strange,' said I. And now, Summers, if you will bring me my bills, and a new cheque-book, we will begin to get things into order. End of The Brazilian Cat by Arthur Conan Doyle